We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Light Years. Andy Liu, James Wiseman, Mac McClung. A lot of people are saying this is the new Carl Malone, John Stockton pick and roll. I just, I mean, <laughs> look, look, savvy guys. My buddy texted me the other and said, don't they remind you of like a, of like a Kyrie Irving and Joel Embiid combo? And I'm just sitting here and I'm like, yeah, this is, this has gone on for far too long. Summer uh, League for two weeks has gone on for far 11, too long. This is the 11 of Summer League. That's what oh this is. God. Uh, we're recording this after the Warriors' final Summer League game uh, on Sunday against the Washington Wizards. Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody did not play. Um, but we got a little Wiseman run in there. Uh, Mac McClung making his best case for the two-way. Let, let me ask you this because we got a special guest to get to um, in a couple of minutes. But we'll do this right now. How would you feel if Mac McClung took Chris Chios's role? Um, because because the way I see it, they need right. another ball handler, and it's not a guy who's not going to play every game, but it's a guy who's going to play. Um, you know, when one of those guys, when when Steph or Poole are, are missing games. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you talked me into it. I, I don't generally really like watching Matt. But I, I just think. Because in the narrow view of this summer league, I just wanted to see Kaminga and, and, and Wiseman get touches and kind of work their way into the offense and kind of see what they can do. And I felt like I just watched too much Mac McClung versus like someone who Chioza sets people up. But I think for the purpose of actually being on the team and you can pull them up in a December game against the Spurs, kind of like what they did last season, McClung's probably much better at that than a Chioza would be, right? Because Chioza's issue was that he could get by people, but he could never really do. He couldn't shoot. He couldn't finish. He, the only he could do was really dribble and obviously couldn't defend because he's too small. With McClung, it's the opposite. It's like the dude's going to get to the hole. He's going to shoot. He made a couple of threes tonight, and he, and he, he does pass um, when he sees a guy open in front of him. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, that's, that's probably the best fit. I, I guess I would prefer they try to maybe get a wing on the two-way deal. But, I mean, if you're talking about like a win now <laughs> type of player, like that guy could probably play minutes that aren't as bad as Chios as last year the way i see it so that they have i think 11 players under contract and one two-way so they have one two-way left and four roster spots um i expect uh quindary weatherspoon to take one of those whether it's the two-way or the the regular so that's one down but i think they need 
they need that deep bench point guard just because like if Steph sits games, it's going to get really like Jordan Poole can't play 48. Right. I mean, he could, but like, you don't want him to, um, they need another big, like a, a a Bielitsa type just to like be that, like, you know, third option when Wiseman and Looney and whoever are out. And then like maybe another wing, just cause like you can never have too many. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's where I'm at. So I'm wondering if McClung, cause McClung's only 23. He'll be 24 sometime in the middle of next year. Like he's, he's not the worst option for a Chioza replacement. Maybe he plays 20 games, 15 minutes in those games in the regular season, you know, Steph sits a back back here. Jordan Poole like has a, you know, sprained wrist there like you know like you just need guys to eat minutes a little bit yeah so maybe maybe. um and i think and i think kind of same goes for the front court where they still need to get like you said they need a big that just eats minutes unless you want to give all those minutes to wiseman who's coming off a pretty bad injury yeah you you need need someone for when he needs a a, a maintenance day yeah yeah so i think overall i mean just summer league ends now it's over and i think overall like good and bad for the warriors Right. I think the good that comes out of it, like you're saying, McClung probably gets those minutes. I think Wiseman comes out of it healthy. He played tonight. Um, so that's good. Kaminga kind of up and down, but looked really good when he was good. And then Moody is obviously a plus. So I think overall, kind of you, you take from from the summer league is, is a lot of good. Um, and then some minuses, which is which is pretty standard for these young guys. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And Andy, we have a special guest this week uh, from the Mercury News, Shana Rubin, here to 
discuss the Giants draft. No, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I love when you go. I don't know. Yes, we're recording this right after the MLB draft. Um, Andy had Reggie Crawford number fifty-eight on his board, so he's wondering why. Yeah, uh, Farhan reached. Yep, so could have traded back. Could have traded back easily, but <laughs> I don't question Farhan. It's okay. We'll live. Um, no, Shana, appreciate you coming on. So you, uh, you, you were at Summer League, right? I was there. Yes. And oh, um, time. for how long, for how long, be honest. I could, was it? I don't even remember. Honestly, it was like three, four days, three nights. Okay. Something like okay, that. That's not bad. That's three not sleeps. Bad. Three did sleeps. You see, did you see friend of the, uh, friend of the show, Ben Golliver did all 11 nights? I just saw that. And it's very concerning. Yeah, very concerning. He has a problem. He, I saw, I saw a Golliver uh, Saturday night, and he's just, you know, he did the entire bubble. He's going to do all of summer league. It's just uh, the man is just gonzo journalism with the NBA. He was probably in the – he probably drove down to the Drew League to see LeBron and then came back to summer league. Um, I, I don't know. The, the man's on another level, but that's why he gets paid the big bucks, right? Yeah. So, so Shana, I wanted to bring you on mostly because I feel like uh, you wrote the most interesting article about the Warriors that I've seen in like the last, well, let's just say since the, since the title one, uh, and that's on JAMA, and I'll oh. never be able to pronounce his last name. Can you help Malalela. me out there? Malalela. is that, I, I better get used to it because it, it, it here's my oh, number I've been one. doing it wrong the whole time. I've been saying Malalela the whole time. Malalela. There you go. Hope I'm right. Uh, so already on that. So he coached the Warriors summer league team. Mm-hmm. Um, you you wrote about how he got promoted. Uh, he's taking Mike Brown's seat, and I want to read one quote to you, and then we can get into this a little bit. It's from uh, friend of the show Kirk Lacob. He's very forward thinking. He's not reactive. He's proactive about things. I don't want to say we've never had someone like that but he's definitely a different breed from any coach we've had. Um, I, I'm going to let you speak on it, but to me, like I read that stuff, it sounds like they're like trying to groom him to be the next head coach. Yeah. I think, I don't know if I want to say next head coach uh, of the Warriors specifically, but when I asked straight up, if, if they saw head coaching potential in him, he said, Oh yeah, of course, which I took to mean that, not necessarily that he they're grooming him to be a replacement or anything like that, but that they see a lot of head coaching potential in him. And I think that that's pretty apparent when you see him working with the players, because he's, he's, he's right up in there with them. And he's, he's uh, the way that Kirk put it was that Steve only wants to have guys next to him that have the head coach sort of trait in them. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. And to that quote, um, I think it, it came off a little bit like, and I hope, or I hope it doesn't come off like he's saying that the coaching staff itself or in the past or present doesn't have what JAMA has. I think that he was saying. Uh, no, that, I mean, Andy and I said that for a year. So that's <laughs> uh, all we, it's all we talk about. Yeah. It's um, I think that it's, it sort of has to, more to do with um, they're trying to move forward a little bit. They're trying to think forward and the, the, the shakeup, he was a big part of the shakeup that they had last year. And I think that's the, that's the fascinating part that you write about. And, and like Sam said, nobody, nobody really talks about, cause I think a team wins, you don't, you know, you know, you know, you get to talk about the cool stuff. I don't know if this is necessarily like quote unquote cool, but to us, 
And I think to all our listeners, that that was the big thing last year where we felt that the Warriors were falling behind um, with, with the way that they were coaching the team, with the way that analytics was being used or not used. What I thought was pretty cool on, on that piece, on the net analytics part, is that it seems like, you know, everybody's got the same numbers. Everybody, ev- everybody's got cool numbers. It's a matter of, like, who, who's going to be the right person to say that to someone. Because I feel like if you're going to say it to someone like Andrew Wiggins, which you wrote about, um, Andrew Wiggins is, is a $100 million person. He's averaged 20-plus points in NBA. He's not listening to just any dude tell him that he needs to shoot more threes and less pull-up jump shots. So I guess I don't have a question, but I just thought that was, that was like, the coolest part of the piece is that he was actually able to convey to Wiggins, who we watched him shoot pull-up 15-footers for two straight seasons, all of a sudden just stopped. Also, also like, six seasons in Minnesota yeah, yeah. before that. Like I didn't part, of the, part of the reason I wasn't, like, super optimistic on him was, like, yeah. this dude just wants to take, like, fadeaway 18-footers all day and do, like, a bad Kobe impression. Yeah, I think that's – I remember talking to Wiggins about this because I was uh, trying to figure out where this catch-and-shoot percentage came from, where why all of a sudden he was taking all of these three-pointers. And it really came from, I don't know, it wasn't just JAMA, but I think JAMA spearheaded the in, uh, the initiative, which is to say, hey, stop taking the difficult shot. Just, if we will be better as a team. You will be better as an individual if you just simplify your role, only take the, not only, but try to focus on taking a three-pointer and you'll see results. And then when he started to see results, then he leaned more and more into it. So I think that's sort of an underrated part of what the coaching staff was has been able to do in the last year was and Jamis said that this is his strength which is take the complicated numbers and then communicate it in a very simple way like he also mentioned uh Moses Moody he said something we want Moses to do is uh get up into another tier uh in his rim finishing so that's something that he he's looking at very complicated numbers that inform that Inform, inform them to say that we'll be better if he's better at this. And then he'll say, okay, go watch film on Jason Tatum and figure out what you need to do there. <laughs> Moses Moody becoming to that's not bad. It's not bad. It's not a bad result. Yeah. I think the interesting part also is like, it seems like, so usually uh, a head coach like uh, Steve Kerr, you know, won a bunch of championships has name cachet, like, usually isn't open-minded to the idea of like bringing in someone onto a staff who uh, let's just say is like thinks differently than him. Like usually coaches tend to like want guys around them who think exactly like them. Um, did you ever get any sense like how Steve feels about him or just kind of like the, cause to me, it, I, you know, the, the coaching changes they made were apparent on the floor. They ran more pick and roll. They just seemed to have, better ideas all the time with what they're doing. But like Steve does deserve credit for being able to actually adapt with it, which is something I think a lot of coaches don't do. Yeah. Not, not anything on JAMA specifically, but I remember when, when Kenny decided to come back instead of taking the Hornets job, I asked, what does that mean for you guys? How excited are you to have him back? And Steve was just, he was pretty, he was pretty blunt, I guess about it. And he said, I need Kenny to help me with the, analytic side of what we're doing here. Um, so I think that, and, and JAMA is someone that Kirk mentioned as someone that works in tandem with Kenny to sort of translate the numbers that they're looking at into a coaching, into coach speaker and to player speak. So I think, I think Steve's been embracing of the new ideas that I think he realized he needed after that 2021 season where it was uh, 
they they I, they need a little shake up. I love I love when we get vindicated, Sam. I love it. <laughs> also, also Steve, just like me, doesn't like math. Stays away yeah. from it. Very very smart. Good thing I about asked, Steve. Yeah. Oh, so I was gonna say. I remember I asked I asked Steve about um about Wiggins and his catch and shoot numbers, and I was mm. like, oh, do you talk to him about the numbers? And he was like, no, I do not. <laughs> so is Steve not coaching the shooting. No, he's not on the shooting committee. No. But what's the shooting committee? That's a good question. That's um, something I'm trying to figure out. I think it's a secret. <laughs> it's something that something that that JAMA mentioned to me a while ago that he's on the shooting committee, and I was like, "Who's on the shooting committee?" And he's like, "I can't can't tell you. It's a secret." So <laughs> I don't know. If hopefully, I don't get, I don't get killed for uh, talking oh, got, about that. But I, I want to find they out. They could chip. Yeah, I was gonna say they could add chip. Uh, it looks like look like he's gone from the Spurs, and, and that's the greatest shooting coach ever. Another another <laughs> most famous shooting coach ever. <laughs> yeah, maybe not the him and guy. him and a lethal shooter on Instagram. <laughs> that's true. Dude. <laughs> uh, nothing, Sam, sorry, no, nothing makes me happier than um, IG trainers who yeah. are like just yep. this branding. Anyway, this is a different discussion, but <laughs> um, another one. I love because I felt like there's so many nuggets in this article that I think not much talked about. I think it does portend to, to next season is the GP2 one. Um, GP2 was and, and I think there's there's two pieces to this. One is the GP2 piece. Where I, you can't say that JAMA kind of turned him into this nine million dollar player. But I think you can say that he's one of the largest reasons why GP2 became an, a crucial player. And I think. That's great for, you know, your Moses Moody moving forward, but even go backwards a little bit. You wrote about him in Toronto, and I feel like everybody in the league probably knows this. Joe Laker probably ended up paying the dude a crap ton of money for him to come to the Warriors. Is Toronto's development staff was the best in the NBA, the best uh, with him spearheading that. And you you wrote Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. And Fred Van Vliet, which were, like nobody knew any of these guys. Uh, they weren't high picks. Yeah. Never. Not they're, right. they're, they're, they're not the number smart. two pick overall. They're all okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, now, and now they're all max players essentially. So, um, do they? Again, no question. Just something that is is interesting for the Warriors moving forward. When you talk about Kaminga, uh, Wiseman, your Sam's boy, and then Moses Moody, and, and then Jordan hey, Poole, even. Um, this guy, this guy might end up. <laughs> this guy might end up being more important to the Warriors than say someone like a Steve Kerr next season. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, workshopping takes. We're, we're workshopping the hierarchy of the coaching. Yeah, it's, yeah, he's. I think he's. He's already been very important. I, I think. Yeah, if we want to talk about their whole two timeline thing, which mm-hmm. I know is a touchy uh, sequence of words that I just put together there. Like the 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 two timeline thing is, you know, who no one really knows. Yeah, that. Joe Lacob's really five year plans. But yeah, yeah, okay. No, no, sorry, sorry for cutting you off. Uh, you're you're going on about like it does feel like Jamma's what gonna be like the most important coach underneath Steve Kerr next year. Would that be accurate? I don't. Maybe I don't know. I can't. Hard hard to make that declaration. I think that he's probably one of the most important coaches. He got a promotion. I think they see that he's. I think they they saw he's only been he's been there less than a year, and they already see the impact that he's had on not just the young players, but the players that they needed to step up to actually win the title. I mean, what Wiggins was able to do was pretty important. And he kind of kicked into another gear in the playoffs, but that's different. What, what Gary Payton was able like, they were able to help him offensively to a point where he was, they could use him. That's important. 
and they have all these young players that he's that I'm guessing will need to step up next year. He's going to be important in their development. So I can see him being a central focus of what's to come if they're going to rely more on a Kuminga, on a, on a Moody, on a Wiseman next year. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let's, let's, let's use that as a transition point. So you're at Summer League. I was there for a period of time. Uh, everyone, every Warrior fan who's listening to this definitely watched the games on TV. So we, we all saw it. It's officially over. Um, Warriors, five games, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, Mac McClung probably getting a two-way. Andy's going to love it. Um, but, but let's talk about, let's talk about like the three players who actually matter in this thing. So like, let's go down the list here. I'm curious about, Shane, I'm curious about your takes on this. So Wiseman, what did you think, um, about what you saw with him in summer league? And then Andy and I will go after that. Diving straight into the controversial, controversial (laughs) player, uh, Wiseman. I think that, oh God, where do I even begin with Wiseman? (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, it was nice to see him back. It was nice to see him after, after all that time, uh, actually play. Cause there was a, I'm not going to lie. It was very confusing as to why there was what the holdup was. I don't mm. think that we ever got a clear answer. And I think that they didn't understand why we wanted a clear answer. They're like, what's the, you know, this is just part of the process. Oh, now, now we're going back to like, all of spring. Cause you're, you're, oh, covering, yeah. you're covering the team all year. So it's, it's, um, it's Sorry, I'm doing the context. I guess. Yeah, it's um. So, so you're saying no, no, no. Now, now <laughs> we're going back. No, I want now. Let's do this because this is Sam's interested in this, and so he was supposed to be in training camp at the beginning of the season, right? Mm-hmm. And then we kind of had no idea what was going on, and then all of a sudden he has a setback, and then we don't really hear from him, and then he has another setback, and he doesn't get to play until like three G League games, and then and then he gets hurt again, right, or whatever it was. So are you are you saying? Or two Julie games. Sorry. So what what happened there? I guess in in that in that span, did they just never never say anything to you guys? That was he was he not hurt? Was he hurt more than we let on? Like what was? I I wish I knew. I right. think that I, I think that um there was a lot of mystery involved in uh his ramp up and but you know since he's come back, I think that we can kind of move on from the mystery. I guess I don't know. He's it's it's injuries are touchy we it's it was yeah, a long it's, it's, process it's like a, it's like a thought i was gonna say it's a general theme from everyone i know around the team it's like they, there's just not a lot of disclosure by injuries like yeah. is it bad is it good you know like it, I don't know. it's obviously because he's number two pick and everything like people want to know where he is but like totally you know 
Um, then again, they did the same thing with KD in the 2019 play. Anyway, that's a different. Subject. Um, what I was going to say is um, I think, I, I think we could start on this one in summer league, whether you, whatever you thought of his play, I thought he looked really healthy. I thought he yeah. looked like physically good, um, still huge, still very athletic. And I think that's like a good jumping off point for the Wiseman discussion. Yeah. I think that he, he looked healthy, which was promising. He also looked like he was improving as the week went on think that he he had a, a couple good defensive plays he had some good blocks he he showed off his athleticism a little bit he 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 looked he looked excited to be out there um i think what i was hoping to see is a little more physicality out of him but i don't know how much of that you can expect after what he went through so it's i maybe that's asking too much is what i'm trying to say but i think it's it was encouraging to see him look healthy to look capable of of doing something and uh, but yeah, was hoping for a little more physicality. He played 20 minutes tonight. Um, he played all the games, uh, besides the, the first one. Uh, and he was able to play pretty much every single one of them. And like you're saying, he, he was healthy. I thought that defensive awareness was a lot better than before. I, I remember in the first season that, season, that was one of the things where you, you just can't expect a big to figure out how to play big league defense that year one, but you remember how bad that that was in the first yeah. year it just got so much better physicality i think that that's a big one um he's going to go up against a lot i mean everyone's nba smaller than him and it just seems like they're a lot stronger than him so i don't know what you do there again that's just john's job uh right so uh, to, to figure out to figure it out but i think overall you're right no knee sleeve no knee brace um no move, he moved really well yep. yeah. yeah it's just like um for me like just my personal opinion he didn't want to he didn't want to play through contact um, normal considering how long he came off. I'm curious when that changes. Like, is that a thing that like, you know, he, he pulled off the bandaid, let him play a little bit. And then all of a sudden he's like, he's ready to like finish through contact. Or is it a thing that's going to linger because like he kind of wasn't the most physical player before. I don't know. We'll see. They're not training him. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, we get all year to figure out, you know, it, how, how fast they can bring up to speed. I think, you know, if, if nothing else is going to make this year fun. Yeah. I think you saw a lot of, he just looked like he hasn't played in a long time and he hasn't played a long time. His time was off for basically everything. And you could see him sort of slowly regaining his sense of timing, but again, it was slow. So yeah. I think there's a lot to be seen, but what do you expect? He did, he did get better. Do you think he plays, um, I think he plays in the G league or do you think, you think it's, it's 10, 15 minutes. Backup center ish. I would be surprised if he played in the G League, hmm. but I don't know. I think that they want him to. They want to get him in there, unless you know, unless they feel like he needs more reps, which is possible. I mean, based on conversations that I've had with some coaches, I think that they saw the silver lining of his long rehab was that they were able to work on it with him on some fundamentals. So I think that they still see him as a project and that's, but I, 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 but I wonder if that would translate it to Julie. I would be surprised. No. To me, to me, that translates to Steph's going to win us a bunch of games so he can fuck around the regular season. Um, you don't have to comment on that. Uh, but that's the way I read it. So um, no, dude, they don't have another center on the roster. They can't. I know. I know. But I just, for me, I watch him and he gets so much better every single game. And it's like, you're only going to play 12 minutes a game in the regular season. How much 
can you learn or you could play 30 minutes in the gym anyway but like the g league's also not great no, you're, for- you're, you're you're right it's right. like that's that's a that's that it's like the chicken of the egg like does he need 30 minutes against guys who are right. not nba players right. or does right. he need eight minutes a game against like andre drummond you yeah. know yeah. like it, and with uh, stephan draymond next to him maybe right or yeah or or just jordan Poole and like you know right. but but yeah your, your point stands like it's a um i don't know what the the, the correct route is because like he on other teams and you know we'll discuss this on future pods but uh but like it's um he'd usually go to a, sh- a bad team they'd lose a lot but he'd get the run he doesn't get that luxury so it's like hard to figure out what the the correct way to do this is right by the way Kaminga, let's talk about Kaminga. you talk <laughs> yeah. about a guy that should be on a shitty team getting all the run <laughs> just just let him get five to 600 shots out before he realizes like how to actually play. Yeah. Yeah. Shada, <laughs> were you there for game one of Kaminga? The, the first game where he just didn't bother trying Yeah, t- t- Walk us through what happened that night. Cause that was hilarious. I just kept waiting for him. It just looked like he was searching for that explosive dunk. You know how last, uh, last summer league, he had that, that viral dunk. Right. I think that he was just like, you know what? I'm going to make my mark here and I'm just going to do one of those babies again and everyone's going to remember me. And it was just, but he didn't, he didn't get there and he just looked like it just, it, he looked a little bit, um, I don't want to say off. I don't want to say he didn't, he, it was, it was he, a, he it was said, he said it was, the, he said it was the worst game he's ever played. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's fair. That he, he followed it up. You were at the other ones. Um, I thought he, man. I think Andy and I differ on this one. I'm I'm a big Kuminga guy, but I also acknowledge like it's gonna take a minute for him to get there. Do you where are you at with him developmentally? Where are you at with like what you see with him in terms of just there's a there's a lot of like he thinks he's gonna be a superstar, is my projection. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like his attitude is probably his best attribute, other than his athleticism, obviously. Sure. <laughs> right. He's freakish. But he he really thinks that he's a superstar. He's uh, and I think that like I th- I think that attitude will get him to a point where you know he's not going to shy away from responsibility. And that was sort of what got him any sort of success in last season was that he felt like he belonged. And even if he was not perfect technically, it helped him fit in and sort of step up to the to the plate when they needed him most. I'm curious how he looks when he actually has more responsibility. Cause I think they were able to tighten the leash on him when they needed to obviously last year. So I I'm curious to see what happens when they have to loosen the leash and he actually has to suffer some repercussions for mistakes he makes and, 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 and so on. But well, he's, he's got one fan in, uh, in Joe Lacob who, who, Andy, what did he say on, on, oh, he was on, he was on Andre's pod talking about it. Hey, you tell to Andre, you, you tell Steve that he should be playing coming more. Who? Uh, yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> he said jokingly, he said jokingly. And then Andre kind of jokingly, it, but not really it, said back to it him. Was, he was like tongue in cheek. It was tongue in cheek, but what would Andre say? Uh, Andre was like, Hey, Kaminga's got to, got to earn it. Right. He's got to do the right things in order to earn those minutes. Right. And I think that's, you know, probably maybe one of the toughest jobs. And we talk about, we start this with, with talking about coaching is that um, Sam always points out that Kaminga's shot just got so much better throughout the season. You talk about yeah. shooting committee, whoever the hell is on that shooting committee did, did wonders for, for Kaminga. And I think next year it's um, part of, part of their job to figure out how to curtail. I think some of the things that he wants to do, because like, I'm sure he wants to be Jalen green. 
Like just 30 shots with no repercussions on a losing team. Like who knows if Jalen Green's going to be anything who averaged 20 points for his career. And it's going to be great for him. But for, with Kaminga, I think they're trying to teach him how to play winning basketball. That's yeah. so much harder. That's so much harder uh, than just going to a bad team and chucking 20 shots. He's probably that. That's my concern. It's like, he's probably the guy out of those three that will probably be like, yeah, I don't really care about, <laughs> I don't really care. I just, I just want to do me. I think that that's, that's my concern, but, oh, I, but I, I also feel good. I also feel like he's got that he's clearly got the highest upside. I'm I'm sorry, I just feel like he has higher upside than than Wiseman or Moody. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He also I, I've said this for since he was drafted. Highest upside, also highest chance he like flames out. Like I, like I can't see Wiseman flaming out. Um, I could no. see Kuminga going, you know, in in kind of a spiral negative basketball direction. Um, but I think he's an interesting challenge for the coaching staff because like uh, they've never, I, I've, I've never seen the Warriors have a player like him where it's like tools are there. Um, he has kind of like the mentality, but also like maybe immaturity. And, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, it, it's such a, it, it's, it's like a, it, they got to figure it out. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. I talked to Jam. I asked Jamma about Kuminga. And great, it was a long conversation with, with Jamma, so I didn't get to include all the quotes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of hoping that he would talk about the shooting or like the, some of the technical stuff that they're working on. So I said, what, what are you working on with Kuminga specifically? And he said, I can read it to you because I have it. Uh, for the most part, it's how does he navigate the NBA? He's got this amazing skill set in terms of size, athleticism, and attacking the rim, and he's elite already at that. It's not much work you can really do on those things but it's about how he navigates the NBA. There's 70 players, 82 games, traveling from place to place. That's a role I've helped take on with him. Hmm. The summer is big for him in that regard. So, it's, oh. I mean, reading between oh. the lines, oh. reading between the lines, it's a, it's a maturity thing. Yeah, I think that's apparent, right? That you kind of just <laughs> yes. need to hone the dude, the dude, The dude makes one big play and dresses like Andy Lou during Coachella. All right, Ooh, all right, nice. all right. <laughs> All right. Well, next time we see him in a Shohei jersey. Um, by the way, that, fashion, that, by that, the way, what's that? Kuminga is like every look that he has is well thought out. He's he. I would love to go shopping with him. <laughs> he, he's the rare player. He doesn't need a stylist. He just no. You know, you see Steph or and maybe Draymond, he has one. Who knows? Yeah, or me. <laughs> he has one at twenty. I, I don't know. I, I like. I, it's he doesn't need that. <laughs> he's all he's like. It's yeah, all like it's, from the gut. I, yeah. I gotta watch Draymond put on what he puts on. And then sometimes you're like, Steph, like what like what is, come on, man. Like you, you gotta you gotta pay these people more money to, to do their job better. I don't know <laughs> what's happening here. By the way, that's a that's a great text by Jama, by the way. He, he just he very uh very coach-esque where he says a lot. He wrote a lot, really to be boiled down to one thing. It's like, yeah, he just he's probably just he's he's but like that that's <laughs> you know that yeah, right. That's normal. Like kids 19, 20 years old. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. Not everybody's Moses Moody, who's 28. What um, so so I mean, you kind of laid out what like everyone like it, it's not breaking news, like it, the general concept that like Kuminga just needs to like calm down and like grow up a little bit, and then sky's the limit for him. What was the general sentiment with Wiseman? What's the general sentiment around him? I think the general what I've gathered is based on conversation that I've had with the coaches that are working with him is that I, I think I said this, but they, they're excited. The silver lining of his long rehab was that they got to work on the fundamentals with him. I think that that that's, that's what I was able to, to get out of what I, I, of me trying to figure out what's going on. 
Um, so they're and, trying to so they're trying to slow play it. Yeah, or try to you know he hasn't played that much. <laughs> he hasn't played that much basketball. So I think they're trying to get him to like when we asked Steve Kerr about about Wiseman, he was like, yeah, he needs thousands and thousands of reps. He need yeah. like they, they're not yeah. they're not shy about sort of saying he needs a lot. He needs to play basketball more. That's I think that's the the general sentiment about him is that they don't really know. I don't know if they don't know what they have. They know what they have in terms of his physically what they have with him. They know about his potential, but I think they know that they need, he needs to just play more basketball. Yeah. And like, what, do we uh, need to, what do we need to work on? Nobody knows what we need to work on right now outside of everything. <laughs> That's why he played tonight. Yeah, of course. That's why he played tonight when nobody was playing. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I think that also speaks to what they want for him, which is you need to just play more basketball. No rest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he, he wants to. I, you saw that. I mean, you, too, you, for there. Sure. Yeah, you could see that in his face. He was like, dude, why are you yeah. guys taking me out every four minutes? I mean, I was like, dude, why are you taking him out? But yeah, seven footer. It's, like con- as- it's like a constant push and pull, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it took him a while to get his wind back. Like, I think he said that he was, he needed to be conditioning wise. He was still getting to the place that he wants to be. So that might have something to do with it. And I think also they're trying to be careful, but um, yeah, he wants to play and they want him to play. The dude does move in. He moves so fast for an above seven footer. Uh, yeah, you don't, you don't see ridiculous. guys that size move like that. No, no, it's scary actually. And you're yeah, just like, you're just, yeah, it's um. I mean, it's like you know, as frustrating as everything is, and as much as we acknowledge, like he has a long way to go. Like you, you understand why like it's like you just don't find guys seven feet tall who move like that all the time. So it's like worth have you know. Give him a longer leash than you give Mac McClung. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, they had some yeah. good chemistry in this last game. Him and they Mac. did. Mac Mac might get that two way. Andy, we're getting some. He's taking his new Chioza this year. No, um, no, no. I think it could be. I think it'll be better. But yes, your point. You think it'll go? You think he'll get the two way? You you really? I, I I wish they would go with. The, fe- like a, no, I feel confident they're gonna get a ball handler on a two way. Um, just because it. You know, like you and I have said it, Steph's going to sit like 15 games. Yeah, fair point. You have to, like, who's playing backup poker to Jordan Poole? Like, you know, they, they, they need to have someone. Brian Rollins. That's what they would hope, right? He's injured. Yeah, no. He's also like 12. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. Um, I think they've said they want a ball handler. Is, is that right? They said they want a ball handler. They definitely need another big and then, you know, just add another wing because no matter how many wings you have, you don't have enough. Can never so, have enough. So I, I think that's how it's going to go. Shane, I want to ask you this. So you um, you are the rare barrier person who has covered multiple Unicorn. sports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the James Wiseman of the media. Oh. Um <laughs> You don't know. Um, no, no, you, you've covered uh, you've covered baseball. You, you covered what, the A's, the Giants, right? Yeah. Um, and the Warriors. What's the difference in covering baseball and basketball? I'm sorry to everyone that covers baseball, but basketball is just just personally, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I'm sure, I know it's because I was covering one of the best teams ever of all time, but it was just. Um, and this is just personally speaking, it was, it was insane. Like it, it was insane just being able to witness something like that firsthand. And also I, maybe this is too much media inside media, whatever, but 
basketball players are way easier to talk to than baseball players. Ah, really? Basketball players say what they're thinking. Baseball players hide. <laughs> so like they don't even talk or they're just cliche, boring. cliche answers. They're just boring. Yeah. They give, yeah. like, I, I remember the, like a, in baseball, you would never ask, or you could, but you have to be, you have to tread lightly when you're asking about controversy or things that are happening on the fields. Um, but you've asked Draymond why he flipped off the fans. That's he'll be like, Oh yeah, I loved to do that. That was the best time of my life. And like, that might, that might be a Draymond thing. Yeah. <laughs> that might be just be a Draymond thing. It might just be the team that, that I was covering, but just from a coverage perspective, it's, it's completely different, but I love baseball too. It's, it's, I mean, I grew up watching the giants and it's, it, so it's, it, there's this, uh, I enjoy basically baseball is the reason why I like sports. So there's always going to be that enjoyment for me. You, you might be speaking on a core issue between the two sports though. Um, is that baseball is just, people don't, people find the players boring. Like the best, the joke is always Mike Trout, who is, one of the best players of all time and also probably the most important. Buster Posey, actually, that's let's do Buster Posey because he is the best the giant. Thing. You know, but but like that, it's more applicable, right? Buster Posey is, you know, our everyone's favorite player in the Bay Area because you know, three championships, greatest catcher. So boring. I don't think I could, I don't think I can quote anything that he's ever said. And when he did his retirement ceremony and then he goes on the, the mic with Kruk and Kipe, I almost fell asleep. And this is obviously no slight to Buster Posey because I love Buster Posey. He's awesome. But holy shit. And that's baseball. That's baseball. And you, you look at the baseball team now on, on the Giants. Oh, my God. Not only do they play boring, they are boring. Brendan Crawford, Brendan Belt, two yeah. of the most boring dudes. But, like, they're awesome, obviously. And then Yaz and all these guys. Jock's probably the coolest dude. And he's just kind of, as Sam says, he's just a goofball. So, like, it, it's fine. But, like, this team is just boring. I don't know. I think it might be a baseball thing, though. And and, and, and just it's really bad with the Giants. I always say it's really bad with the Giants. They have no interesting players. Reggie Crawford. Maybe him. Maybe him. Like, that might Reggie be the Crawford only thing. It, 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 it is in two minutes of YouTube research. Like, yeah. that's my guy. You got a chain on. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's fucking cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's accurate. I think that not to hate on baseball players too much, but it's just it's a different culture. So it's, I mean basketball is a lot of personality. Like a lot of the skill even has to do with your personality. Kuminga, we talk about Kuminga's skill. Part of it has to do with his personality. What, like what we see in him as sort of a confident dude. So I think that there's there's so much of the personality intertwines with the skill in basketball, as opposed to baseball, where that's very separate, that it's hard to escape the personality story in, in basketball. So that, that was the most fun part about covering basketball is being able to get into the personality of everybody there which is underrated yeah i feel like kuminga if he was a baseball player it'd be like the yasiel puig like yeah who do you think you you are like you don't get to don't walk around like that tatis that'd be great tatis tatis throws up like 45 bombs a year so he can talk but yeah we need him back on the field soon soon soon. let's end with this what's your favorite summer league you were at summer league for a few days. What's your favorite summer league story or thing you saw or Sam throwing up at the gambling Ooh. hall? You know what I mean? Sports book, <laughs> you know, a little too much to drink. Sam's sure. Yeah, so. I'm sure. Ooh, story. Um, 
or just the thing that happened, like, you know, just favorite part of summer league thing you saw when, you know, Joe Lacob walked into Thomas and Mac wearing a Wiseman Jersey and Raymond Ritter's like, take that off right now. Like that type of thing. You know what I'm saying? I can't believe Joe was at the game. I cannot believe Joe was at some, <laughs> I, I truly, the guy, how do you I, actually, I, that's not a good question, but like when you talk to Joe Lacob, like uh, that guy has to be just, he's as absurd as he is. Just he's, he's honest. Seller. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's based. He's always, from what I've seen, he's just, he's always in that mode, at least in front of us. He is where he's, he has a, uh, never mind. He's, he's always in that mode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, story. I, God, I, I was boring. I don't know. I didn't, there's no, there's no good story. Let's see. I, I, while, while you think I'm going to, I'm going to talk because I was at summer league. I used to go to summer league a lot and uh, I, I don't anymore because I can't stand the basketball being played. Also, it sucks. Now I have a gripe about this with summer league is it sucks that you're not giving uh, an honest answer. Why you don't go, but okay. <laughs> I need to know why you don't go. Uh, I can't go to day clubs. If I, uh, if I, I, I need to be at Encore Beach Club, not watching, uh, not watching bad basketball players who, um, the, the best story, the, the most funny story that I, that I had was, um, one, one year, Jeremy Lamb was, I think in his second season. Um, so he's obviously like a, a player, by the way, I was so convinced right. would be better than he ended up being right. Just all the talent in the world, long, lanky wing, could shoot a little bit, handle a little bit. Anyway, some kid walks up to him, asks for an autograph, and he literally says, like, fuck off. And I thought that was the funniest thing because, <laughs> because it's like, dude, you're Jeremy Lamb. Like, you're not even like, – you're, 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 you're on a rookie contract playing eight minutes a game. Relax. <laughs> so, anyway, that, that was one of the funniest things. He's just being an asshole. Um, and I was just sitting in the stands <laughs> laughing. I was like, oh, my God, Jeremy Lamb. Anyway, the guy, as Sam said, the guy never made it uh, anywhere. But actually, he ended up being a decent role player for a little while. Anyway, there's your Jeremy Lamb story. I was also a big fan of Royce White uh, and Scott Machado when I saw those guys play. So you gonna, you gonna vote for uh, Royce White? He's running. I am not gonna vote. <laughs> you try to catch me. I like. <laughs> oh, I saw Andre Iguodala do the same thing, um, but not really. I saw him. A kid asked him. It was this was in Denver or something like that. A kid asked him for his autograph. And he was like, no. And then the kid was just looked like at him. And then he walked away. And I was like, oh, no. What did I just witness? And then he came back and said, ah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, oh, okay. that, um, that sounds like the most on-brand story ever. Where it's just like, uh, just, just kind of a dick joke. But also part of the reason, like, uh, I think he's Andy's favorite player. But like, he yes. My, he is. Yes. He, <laughs> he, is, he is my favorite. Andre Godala is is he is the best also it's like dude it's a kid andre come on man you, i know i was I, I wouldn't have put him past him to be like no so i was like oh no what did i just witness but i also was like of course he came back of course that was a joke it's andre he was he's like he's probably the most intimidating i was very intimidated to talk to him because i had heard that he uh can be antagonistic towards mm. reporters but i asked him about steph and he was like okay oh you're smart see see <laughs> you know what you know what you're doing you know what you're doing disarm him there you go. Yeah. And then wax poetic like, about Steph. Yeah. Wax poetic about Steph. I'm right here, buddy. Tell oh, me. Look. Tell me everything. <laughs> we didn't get that summer league story. Um, I can't think of one. I thought that <laughs> I thought that I was going to give, I gave you an Andre story. I gave you a, let me think. Okay. Uh, the Andre paint, one. Paint, the, Andre the, one um, paint the, the atmosphere with. So I had to leave 
before Wiseman's debut, which felt like I, oh. I think Joe Lacob specifically was like, Sam's here Friday, hold him out. Um, but what was the atmosphere for Wiseman's debut there? It was electric. Electric. <laughs> wow. Wow. It, I mean, it was it was pretty cool. I'm not, it was, it was there. It seemed like there were a lot of people there and excited to see him play. So I think that maybe it's because I was sort of immersed in it a little more that it felt electric, but it's a summer league game. You don't really know what to expect for summer league. It's a bunch of, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of your, a lot of your future Euro league players. All right. I got last one, last one. This is it. Um, it's, it's an easy one of <clears throat> everyone in the summer league fans, coaches, media of what percent between 98 and 99 percent is it dudes 98.5 sounds about right every time i go i'm just looking in there i'm like these are these are degenerates these are degenerates and then there's like five women i mean there's like a good amount of women generally i mean it's big i say that no, no, I'm yeah. talking about in summer league, though. Yeah, in Vegas. Oh. He's talking about in Thomas and Mac, but not in, not in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, that's. I, I know what Las Vegas is like. But you know, Vegas is for for women generally, right? So I feel like that kind of trickles into summer league a little bit. They're around. I don't know. Anyway, that, that was uh, you don't even need to. I just it's always funny because I've been been so many times and I always summer league's a great time. It's a great time. Uh, Shayna, this has been a great time. Uh, thank you for joining Pre- us. Appreciate you joining us. Anything you want to plug? Um, I don't know, read my stuff on the Mercury News. There we go. <laughs>